Good morning, Montview Church, and good morning to all you worshiping online. Uh, It's great to be with you this morning. Would you join me in prayer? Holy One, take my words and speak through them. Take all of our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. And take all of our thoughts and reflections and think through them that we may be filled with the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, today we continue our summer sermon series on the fruits of the Spirit. These fruits come from Paul's letter to the church in Galatia. They are probably familiar to you by now. When Paul writes, the Spirit produces fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Pastor Clover began the series exploring how Paul's metaphor of the fruit works in community life, and she explored kindness and how it's different from niceness. Pastor Ian helped us navigate what it's like to be married to joy, and last week, if you recall, challenged us to be a little less impatient with our own agendas and a little more impatient with what God is doing in the world. Today, we consider the first fruit in Paul's list, lemons. Well, love, but lemons. And you'll see how that plays out as we go along. Let me start with a story. So I went to college in Washington, D.C., and in the summers, Washington is hot and humid and then more humid. And on my walk to my summer internship on Capitol Hill, I would be walking along Massachusetts Avenue, hot and sweaty, and I would often stop by a street cart vendor who sold Lemonade. Cold, refreshing lemonade. Now, the guy who ran this cart had a pretty basic recipe. Squeeze lemons, sugar, and water. And indeed, if you make lemonade, you know it's not that complicated. (laughs) It's just lemons, sweetener, and water. And because it's summertime, and here at Montview Church, we have a tradition of serving lemonade on the plaza after services, this morning we're going to make some lemonade out of love. So this word, love, that we read in Scripture is a unique word. In fact, The Greek word that Scripture uses for this kind of love, agape, has very little to do with what we think love is here in our contemporary Western post-Enlightenment context. 
This is not the kind of love displayed in a Shakespearean sonnet. It's not the kind of love that Tony Bennett or Barry White or Celine Dion sings about. Here, the ancient Greek agape is what Paul uses for the love of God and the love of neighbor. Interestingly, Paul doesn't use the ancient Greek word for love between friends, philia. You know, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly and now sisterly love. Paul doesn't use this Greek word. And I wonder if that might suggest that being in Christian community isn't necessarily about being friends with each other. Now, that's often an outcome of being in a congregation together, and being friends is great. But agape is really about an intentional commitment that we make to each other. It's that kind of commitment that leads us to bring out the best in others, to see them as God sees them, not as we see them. What Thomas Aquinas describes as willing the good in the other. Willing the good in the other. Indeed, agape is not primarily an emotion or a feeling or a sentiment. It's not a a passionate way that we feel. Agape is a pledged way of being in relationship with another human being, or in all of creation, I might add. It's not that gushy impulse. It's a strong decision of our human will to draw out the best in another. So let us not confuse agape with whether or not we like certain people, especially here at church. Now, Clover reminded us a few weeks ago when she was exploring chesed, the Hebrew word for loving kindness, that loving people doesn't mean we have to like them. God has to like them. We just have to love them. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I find it really difficult to love others, especially those I don't really like. And perhaps you have found it difficult in your life, too, to love others, perhaps people who really annoy you, or perhaps people who think very differently than you, or perhaps you find it difficult to love people that you just find unlovable. These, my friends, these are lemons. These folks who are difficult to love, these tart, acidic people in our lives, these are our lemons as we make lemonade out of love. Sometimes we go through life wading through lots of lemons, jarring and sour, these pungent experiences that make it very difficult for us to love others. And yet, 
we know that the preeminent Christian ethic for centuries has always been love your neighbor as yourself. Well, how do we do that? How do we find the strength to love the lemons in our life? Well, in the words of the great theologian Mary Poppins, a spoonful of sugar. How do we find the strength to love the lemons in our lives? With the sweetness of God's unconditional love for us. It is impossible to love others without embracing God's love for us. Here we're reminded that the sweet grace of God's love for us is the secret ingredient to making lemonade out of love. For without receiving and embracing and truly living in God's love for us, our efforts to love others just fail. And I need a lot of grace, so let's add a bit more. There we go. It seems impossible to me that I can love someone else without recognizing my own belovedness first. And it's out of that recognition of my belovedness that I can actually attempt to recognize the belovedness in the other. Moreover, our own sense of self-worth, our own capacity to love our neighbors as ourselves is not contingent upon, get this, others loving us. Now that's important, especially for our emotional health. But the fundamental starting point is God's love for us. I have spent most of my life questioning whether I was worthy of love. And perhaps you have too. And in my own spiritual journey, it is only through my deep trust in God's unconditional love for me that I could actually come to a place where I could love myself enough to love another. So, we have our lemons and we have our sweet grace and with lemons and sugar, we've got a good lemon drop candy. But we don't have our lemonade. We have one more ingredient and that is water. So, as you won't be surprised, I might suggest that the water in our lemonade is the water of our baptism. That being in baptismal community, this swirling fluid and ever dynamic solvent of communal life makes our living lemonade complete. When we enter into Agape community here at Montview Church or anywhere, the distinctions between love of God and love of self and love of neighbor all start to swirl together and dissolve into one. They are no longer segmented, not 
love of God, love of self, love of neighbor. It's all one. It's all one. The liberation theologian Gustavo Gustavo Guterres challenges us with this important piece. He says it's not enough just to say that love of God is inseparable from love of neighbor. You can't just say it's all one. He adds that the love of God is unavoidably expressed through the love of neighbor. God is loved in the loving of neighbor, particularly acts of justice. Works of justice and acts of love around mercy and social justice are how we love God. In this way, let me suggest here that being an agape community is radical, it's countercultural, it's an entirely different paradigm of living as a loving community because sometimes it means making the difficult decisions to stand for justice or the unpopular opinion or bringing about systemic change. Being a loving Christian community doesn't mean that we're nice, although that helps. It doesn't mean everything goes. It doesn't mean that we're just doormats, sometimes setting compassionate boundaries or saying no to injustice is the most loving, agape act that we can take in our world. For example, I'm holding up the mirror to you while you're engaging in white privilege unaware because I love you and I am willing the good in you, that God sees in you. Or perhaps I say, I'm experiencing you as shaming others in our community because you're not getting your way. That's not how we live in agape community. So let's navigate our differences covenantally instead of being right. Or perhaps I say, No, you may not belittle me because God loves me and I love me and because I love you enough to say the way you're treating me is petty and God is calling more from you in this moment than how you're treating me. These are acts of agape. We agape each other, inviting the best from one another, compassionately holding each other accountable for our fundamental belovedness in relational community. That is Christian love. Willing the good in the other. Lemons, the sweetness of grace 
and baptismal community. Lemonade. Let me end with Rabbi David Cooper and his book, God is a Verb. He suggests that we should use interactive verbs to describe the nature of God because God is so relational. Just as Guterres said, it's relationship, it's acts of justice with our neighbor is how we love God. So in other words, when we read in John's letter that God is love, let us not think that God is love as a noun, but God is a verb to love. God is to love. So in the act of loving others, we manifest God. In the act of loving ourselves, we manifest God. And in loving community, we manifest the divine. In other words, we make lemonade out of love. May it be so. Amen.